You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Nick Rizzo. Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM Channel 2. And I am Nick Rizzo, your Friday Offsides host for this semester. And today, I'm joined by two fellow members of the Rowan Radio Sports Department, Aiden Ray and Aiden Butler. Got the two Aidens sitting directly across from me. How you boys doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. Today's Friday, of course, no class. I've just been chilling today, um, getting the assignment done, productive, and, of course, um, the Knicks winning last night. Yeah, absolutely. Butler, how, how'd your week go? I actually had a great week. Um, pretty excited to see it end, I would say. Well, we'll get off of here about 6. I'd say my week is over at 7 today, and then untouched until Monday. Yeah, nice <laughs> nice little stress-free football this weekend because me and you, Butler, of course, being Eagles fans, we have stress-free football yeah, for the rest of the sure season. Do. And that's uh, there's positives and negatives to that. And we are going to talk about the football games upcoming on Sunday. But first, we are going to dive right in to some NBA talk. We had some good games last night on paper, but a lot of them actually wound up not being so good games. First, the Knicks blew out the Nuggets at home, 122-84. to The Celtics on the road blew out the Heat, 143-110. to And then the Sixers, they got dominated by the Pacers in Indiana. They lost 134-122, to but a bright side from that game, Joel Embiid did extend his 30-point streak to 22 games, so some silver lining there in that one. But... Really, this highlights the kind of logjam that we have in the Eastern Conference because sitting in the three seed is the Sixers, five games out of first. And then it's New York in the four, Cleveland in the five. They are seven and seven and a half games out, respectively. And then Indiana in the six, 10 games out. And then Miami in the seven, 11 games out. Obviously, we saw a really good game out of the Knicks last night and kind of saw their potential now with. OG Ananobi on the team. He scored 26 points last night, team lead. Of course, you have Brunson. He scored 21. Julius Randle, 17. And ever since the Knicks acquired Ananobi, we've kind of had a good thing going for them. So I'm going to start things off with you, Aiden Ray. What have you seen in the month of January out of your Knicks? And how serious do you think they can be in terms of a contender in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, the month of January has been really exciting for this Knicks team. 11-2 in the month of January. The only loss is coming... 128, 124 to the Mavericks on January 11th, and then January 15th to the Orlando Magic, 98, 94. But this Knicks team, ever since acquiring Ananobi and, of course, whatever was out of that package, they were able to just keep competing and, of course, put up great numbers because before January 1st, they were sitting at 17 and 15 after losing to the Pacers on December 30th. But they were able to beat teams like the Timberwolves, the Sixers, and the Nuggets, and of course, the defending champion Denver Nuggets, 122-84, as we mentioned, that, like, real stuff I did not expect 
any I did not expect this to be like a full on blowout because the Nuggets, of course, really good team. Nikola Jokic, he had thirty one. But obviously it's just like it was I was expecting like a closer game, an exciting matchup, but obviously we were able to get a big blowout. And then of course the next game the Knicks will play is against the Miami Heat tomorrow because it is NBA Rivals Week. And of course I'm hoping for another great game between those two teams because they met in the playoffs and then of course the in season tournament. So the Knicks have done a hell of a job and of course they're sitting in fourth, only two games behind the Sixers, three and a half behind Milwaukee and of course seven out of the one seed. So props to them. They're doing a hell of a job right now. Yeah, absolutely. And a quick little side note about the NBA rival week. It, it Aiden Butler, we talked about this on the and one podcast the other day. That is one of the greatest things that the NBA could have done. The, I mean, really just brings a lot of excitement because uh, Sixers Nuggets tomorrow, that'll be a good game. And then we also have Celtics Clippers. So n- nice job with the scheduling there by the NBA. But yeah, the Knicks have rose all the way up to the four seed in the East. They, they were sitting in the play-in tournament not too long ago. Of course, they made the big move to acquire OG Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors. But they have just been on an absolute tear. And I think it's pretty clear that the Celtics are in the upper echelon in the East. They're the team to beat. And But below them, I mean, anything could happen, truly. I mean, Milwaukee, they just hired Doc Rivers, of course. They, they've had success this season with Damian Lillard, but ha- haven't quite lived up to the expectations that they really set out for themselves. And then the Sixers, of course, you have Joel Embiid. The and then after that, I, I think four to seven. I truly think anything can happen there with New York, Cleveland, Indiana, Miami. I mean, we we could potentially see an upset or two in the early rounds of this year's playoffs. In my opinion, I mean, even just watching the Sixers game last night, the Pacers are an absolute n- matchup nightmare for the Sixers. You're absolutely right. Uh, they love to play fast. That's exactly what they did against the Sixers last night. I was, I think, I watched about, I would say three and a half quarters of that game I watched and there was a lot of not running down the court fast enough mm-hmm. I will say there was a couple moments you know Embiid was taking his time going down the court and Pacers just going right by right to the bucket that's what they do uh, they score fast now their defense is something they need to pick up they played solid defense I guess you can say yesterday because six or starters I mean I don't even know what point they got pulled but yeah, they didn't come back in after a long yeah. time Ricky Council the fourth uh, Turk Smith were out there on the court for a decent amount of time but when it comes to these standings in the East, I feel like this year we're going to have like a little bit of groupings. Those the one, two, three spot, the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers. I feel like that's going to be one of those three teams. I feel like only those three teams will be in that top three. I don't think the Knicks will be able to do enough to surmount any of those three teams or the Cavs. But then look at that four and five spot. I f- I feel like the Knicks and Cavs will probably kind. Of, I feel like un- unless uh, something crazy happens to the. Cavs or the Pacers, I would say. I feel like the Knicks and Cavs are just going to probably just slip, go right back and forth between that four and five mm-hmm. spot for the rest of the season. Wouldn't be surprised between that. And then you've got the Pacers. They get the win last night with no Halliburton. They haven't had Halliburton for, I want to say it's been about two weeks now. And Well, they declared that he was going to be out for about three to four weeks, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And then he came back yeah. for a game or two. I think he came back a little too early. A little too early, <laughs> yeah. And then... So something must have happened there, and now he's back on the sidelines. But when you look at the standings, Butler, who who do you think can be a prime candidate out of those four through seven seeds that could 
take down a Boston, a Milwaukee in the early rounds? At this point in the season, uh, you know, if you were asking me that a month ago, I would have said the Pacers, but since adding Siakam, uh, they need a little bit of time to get on the Halliburton really hasn't played with him yet. They yeah. need a little bit of time to get together like that. But uh, they always find a way to do this. Uh, I, it's really hard for me to count out the Heat. I mean, they just added another score for pretty much pennies when it comes yeah. to Terry Rozier. It's a first-round <laughs> pick, yeah. And, yeah, and Kyle Lowry, who I actually thought was going to be bought out, but the Hornets are saying, no, 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 he's going to be on the roster. He'll be playing. I thought they were going to buy him out, though. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat end up, you know, if they end up getting matched up one of those top three teams in the East, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, if, you know. I mean, I would love them not to beat the Sixers, but I wouldn't be shocked if they're able to, especially the Bucks. Now, the Celtics are easily the best team in the NBA. They have the best roster in the league. It'll be very tough to take them down. But I could see a team like the Heat maybe giving the Bucks or Sixers some run. Absolutely. Give it some run might be putting it a little bit lightly because, (laughs) I mean, two years ago, the Heat, they they had their way with the Sixers in that second-round series. Of course, two completely different teams. The Sixers no longer have James Harden, and, you know, the the Heat now have Terry Rozier, as you just mentioned, and two completely different landscapes. But we all know that the Heat could cause some problems for the 76ers. Honestly, I'm a little concerned with the Sixers sitting in this three seed. I think mm. we need to rise up to the number two. It can happen. It yeah, can. It, ab- it absolutely can because the Sixers right now sitting just one and a half games behind Milwaukee. But, I mean, man, if the Sixers get matched up with a team like Miami, like Indiana uh, in round I'll one. Be, yeah, I don't want that. The, the nerves <laughs> are going to start popping out a little bit. And the it's, that is the likely scenario even if we do get the two yeah. seed. Uh, Boston, I mean, they're they're looking at a matchup with probably Orlando or Atlanta. I mean, that that's just that's a dream for them. But when you look at the Knicks, Aiden Ray sitting in the four seed currently, if the playoffs started today, would be matched up with Cleveland, home court advantage in that Sheesh. series. That that would be a, that would be a series. <laughs> that but, de- yeah, that definitely would be a series. And of course, they met last year, and but but Cleveland started off with home field home court advantage. And the Knicks were able to take Game One and then win it out after Game two, after that after they lost Game Two. So, yeah, it would that would. But again, it would be an exciting matchup again. Well, who do you think is the is the dream matchup for the Knicks? A, a realistic dream matchup, you know. Say say you rise up to the the three seed, or say New York, you know, drops to the five or the six. Who do you think is the matchup that gives the Knicks the best chance to advance to the? Eastern Conference semifinals. A couple matchups I'd really like, to be honest. Of course, I would love to um, play the Heat again and see, like, give them, give them obviously another test in the playoffs. And of course, but they have not been like playing as well as of lately as they lost five straight. They're sitting at the seventh seed at twenty four and twenty one. But obviously, the the Heat are a team not to count on the playoffs, as Butler mentioned. So I would love to hopefully have like a revenge matchup against the Heat. And then also the Indiana Pacers because they are, an exci- they've been an exciting team this year, of course. But and again, they do need to like figure out like once Halliburton comes back, how they're gonna like space out with like Siak when with Siakam and Halliburton on the court. And of course, they've been they've been doing a great job. Also for the Pacers, former Nick Obi Toppin, he would I'm sure it'd be pretty cool from him to play his old team as well. Absolutely. And we're we're talking about the East over here, but 
the West is just as oh, good. I don't even know what the West. Uh, yeah, <laughs> West is wild. Sheesh. The West is just an absolute dogfight, as it has been in recent years. Though I mean, of course, back in the the Warriors dynasty, the whole talk was about how the West was the powerhouse, and whoever makes it out of the West is winning the finals. But that's I wouldn't say that's the case this year now, because if you just look at last night, the Timberwolves narrowly defeated the Nets okay they bounced back from their loss to the Hornets a couple nights ago when Carl Anthony Towns dropped 62 points and uh, of course the Timberwolves coach wasn't too happy after that game I think <laughs> think he thought that cat was was hunting a little bit for that for that 70 ball I kind of agree with him a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was embarrassing there there was this video on on X of Carl Anthony Towns just taking some absolute boneheaded <laughs> yeah. shots in the fourth quarter. I mean, some of the shots were truly ridiculous. He was just absolutely smothered, just throwing it up. But and then of course the Nuggets they get blown out by the Knicks. And if you look at the Western Conference standings, Minnesota currently sits in number one. OKC is just a half game back out of the one seed. And then you have Denver in the three, the Clippers in the four. Phoenix has rose all the way up to the five and. Just uh, as of Monday afternoon when Aiden Butler and I did the and one podcast, Phoenix was a play-in team. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so th- things are changing quickly in the Western Conference. Of course, in the play-in, you have Dallas. They could make a run. Sacramento, the Pelicans are in the six right now. So, I mean, the West, it, we, we said that Boston on paper and how they've been playing is the clear top team in the East, but... Aiden Butler in the West, I don't think it's that simple. Yeah, it's not. I don't even really know where to start because the fact that this year, because when we're just talking about the East, if you were to compare the 12th seed in the East right now, being the Raptors are technically 18 and a half games back of that first first place spot, the 12 team in the West, being the Warriors, are 11 and a half games out. That's yep. just ridiculous. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, for example, they could they had a big win last night. They win two two in a row, and the Lakers drop two. Jazz drop two. It's just so much can happen here, mm-hmm. and the Suns have been hot recently. I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns somehow – I forget what their win streak is at the moment. Seven. Okay, yeah. I, I thought it was lower than that. I didn't even know they were that hot. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know either. Well, but KD's been on an absolute tear. The West Game is, winner against the Bulls. At this point, it's just a – it's kind of just a guess, really, at this point in the yeah. West, who you pick. It really could just be a coin flip at the end of the day. I I have gone on record saying that I think the Clippers are the best team in the West just simply because of the firepower that they have. James Harden, uh, and th- this is a hard – this is hard to say coming from a Sixers oh, fan, man. but oh. I, I think James Harden has been playing phenomenally with the Clippers. Been. He been, He's yeah. playing his role. You know, he'll give you 20 points a night, dish out 12 assists like it's nothing. And then, of course, you have your assassin scorers, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook doing a fantastic job in his role off the bench. I think the Clippers are just dangerous, and they've been on a tear ever since uh, the James Harden trade as well. To that point on the Clippers, there was a game earlier this week. I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, The Clippers shot horribly. Like, I mean, at one point Kawhi was like 2 for 11, Paul George 2 for 9. They still won the game. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they're able to do stuff like that. It's... Let's see if I can – so it wasn't uh, against the Lakers, but uh, I'll see if I can uh, find that game for you. But that was – I was watching that one too. Uh, it was against the Nets on Sunday earlier. Uh, the Nets had started out that game like 16 nothing, mm-hmm. And then Kawhi in that game, oh, my gosh. They, they were shooting horribly, but Harden tw- led the way, 24, 10 assists, was able to get him back and get a win. 
Yeah, probably is roster wise the best team in the West, as you said. Yeah, and it's it's a good thing that they got going over there because you you just mentioned it. I mean, everyone was off. Nobody was having a great night, but then th- that one guy, yep. Harden, they, that's all they needed, him to be on top of his game, and they pulled out the win. I was going to say, yeah, the Clippers, they start when they traded for Harden, they started off slow and just were, like, losing games. But now they're, like, 8-2 and two in their last 10. They've won their last three games, and they've been doing a great job with the roster they have, of course, with Kawhi, Harden, Russ, Paul George, like that is such a stacked roster. Like, like this is like, imagine like this was like that roster in like the mid twenty tens. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like, oh. The, bro, they they literally would be like NBA champions. Like, yeah. back they go like back to back. They'd be like competing with the Warriors. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm not a big believer in just throwing a bunch of stars on the same team and hoping yeah, it works is, out. Chemistry is way more important than yeah. just talent. But hey, I mean, they, they're making it work over there in LA and. I mean, guys just being unselfish. And then, of course, you obviously have Denver, who who are the defending champions. Kind of have to give them the benefit of the doubt, I would imagine. I'm certainly going to give them the benefit of the doubt until someone else dethrones them in the postseason. And then, of course, Phoenix mentioned it. They're red hot. And then a couple surprise teams, one and two, Minnesota and OKC, kind of rising to the top from the middle of the pack or the bottom of the standings in recent years. So, safe to say that the NBA is in very good hands this season. And, uh, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. We have a good weekend ahead of us of NBA basketball. Sixers at Denver, Boston against the Clippers. And, of course, you mentioned Aiden, the Heat, going to Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks. So, rivalry week in the NBA. It's going to be a good one. And we are going to take a quick break here on Offsides. When we come back, we are going to dive into the NFL head coaching cycle. A lot of hires coming in the past few days. So we are going to talk about that when we come back right here on Offsides. Rowan Radio 89.7, Channel 2. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The workday's done. It's time to hit the road. That's where Rowan Radio comes in and the ride at 5. Tune in from 5 to 6 p.m. for the music that matters and the songs you want to listen to. Give us a call or send us a text, and if we've got it in store, we'll play it over the air. But if you just can't get enough of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond, let us pick the music while you drive. That's The Ride at 5, Monday through Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. only on the station with more music than anyone else. Roman Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Radio 89.7 WGLS FM Channel 2. This is Offsides, and I'm your host, Nick Rizzo. Sitting across from me is Aiden Ray and Aiden Butler. 
Just got done talking about the NBA, so now we are going to switch over to the NFL. And it's that time of year, boys. Late January, the NFL head coaching cycle is in full swing. We've seen a lot of hires, three to be exact, since Wednesday night. First, Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan and is going to the Chargers. That is my favorite hire out of out of the coaching cycle so far, personally. And then you have Dave Casales, formerly the Bucs offensive coordinator, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that is, now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And notable to me that he got a six-year deal because usually when head coaches get these, these six-year deals, it, it usually means that the front office recognizes that could take some time until success is found, but that they're willing to be patient. And so that that the Canales deal was six years. Six years, yes, uh, for Dave Canales, okay. yeah. And then most recently, last night at about seven or eight o'clock, Raheem Morris struck a deal with the Atlanta Falcons to become their next head coach, and he was their interim head coach for a little bit in 2020. Now will be their full time head coach. And the second time he he will be a head coach in his NFL coaching career. So congratulations to those three gentlemen. And then, of course, before the Jim Harbaugh signing, we had Brian Callahan, the Bengals' former offensive coordinator. He is now heading to Tennessee to be their new head coach. And so Bill Belichick to Atlanta was gaining a lot of steam in the offseason. And Mike Vrabel's still out there. Ben Johnson's still out there. A lot of names. Bobby Slowick. There's a lot of names that are still out there, but only two head coaching vacancies left to be filled in the Seahawks and the Commanders. Aiden Ray, I'm going to start off with you on this one. <clears throat> out of all the hires so far, which one is your favorite? Which one do you think is going to be the most successful? So, yeah, my favorite one out of all that, obviously, is um, the Jim Harbaugh move, which, of course, him going to the Chargers, fitting with Justin Herbert in that offense Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Eckler, and of course they're like the Chargers. They have a good roster. It was just the coaching that made them like bad five, at five and twelve last year. They were just not able to like get anything done at all. And and I'm also a fan of um. This didn't happen like this week, but like of course Antonio Pierce. The Raiders finally did the right thing with bringing back an interim head coach because they did not bring back Rich Passaccia in 2021. Instead, hired Josh McDaniels. But Antonio Pierce did a great job with the Raiders and was able to stick with them. And, of course, he was just doing a hell of a job. And But, yeah, and – but when, like, I saw the Harbaugh thing, I'm like – like, I thought to myself, like, the real question, I was like, who will Michigan's head coach be now in that situation? Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And it, good for Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan on his own terms, just won the national championship. So kind of ending his career there on a high note after there was some controversy throughout the year with the whole sign-stealing sign scandal and, and that whole debacle. So I'm, I'm happy for Jim Harbaugh that he's getting another chance in the NFL. I agree with you, Aiden. That's my favorite hire out of the cycle so far. I think he's going to do some great things with Justin Herbert. Because Justin Herbert, I mean, we all know the story up to this point. Mega talented, but just hasn't been able to put it all together yet with Brandon Staley as the Chargers head coach. So hopefully Jim Harbaugh finally fully unlocks that Chargers team and Justin Herbert because they they have perennially one of the best rosters in the NFL, but just haven't been able to really find too much success with it lately. And yeah, you mentioned it. Antonio Pierce to the Raiders. Gerard Mayo got promoted from within the Patriots organization. He's now their head coach. But Aiden Butler, we we mentioned it. 
there's only two spots left to be filled in this coaching cycle. Bill Belichick's out there. I mean, it, really, he hasn't gained much steam from either of the two teams remaining. I think Ben Johnson's going to go to the Commanders. I'm not so sure about Seattle. How do you see the rest of this uh, head coaching cycle shaping out? Uh, you're not the only one that doesn't know about Seattle. I have no clue what to even think about Seattle. I do feel like wherever they go, though, uh, they'll probably bring, bring in a guy that we haven't probably heard too much about, you mm -hmm. know, probably don't know too much about, uh, bring him in to run the ship there. But I've been, I, I had a conversation with uh, Doc yesterday about this because I've been thinking about the commander situation because they are looking at Ben Johnson, but obviously until either, hopefully, hopefully, either until the Lions win uh, a Super Bowl or until their season ends that can't really talk to him yet. But they, the commanders uh, a couple years ago had signed Eric Bieniemy, the great offensive-minded, once again, great offensive-minded uh, play caller from Kansas City. So they signed him to a two-year deal to be the offensive coordinator. He ran the he called the plays and all that. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Ben Johnson, who's calling plays right now for uh, the Lions, and you want him to be your head coach. I was thinking about that. How is that really going to work there? Because yeah. if he's going to be the head coach, you're paying Bieniemy a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Is somebody going to give up right if if Ben does end up being the head coach of the Commanders? I'm not, I really wasn't sure how that was going to work out because they're both offensive minded, but they both can't play call the plays at the same time either. Yeah. So I was I was kind of questioning that, but it looks like Ben's going to end up going there uh, as an Eagles fan. I mean, I don't like that really. <laughs> not yeah, not at all. <laughs> but uh, I will say it. I'll be pretty excited for Ben, though, because of what he's had to go through, uh, even the year they've had up there in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Glad for him to be head coach. I just want to know how, like, the logistics of that are really going to end up working out, though. Yeah, and as an Eagles fan, of course, Washington has the number two pick in the draft. Likely going to go in the direction of Drake May. So, if Washington could get their franchise quarterback and franchise head coach this offseason. Uh, things are trending up there in the NFC East, not really – not really too fruitful the, mm -hmm. as an Eagles fan, like you said, Aiden Butler. But, yeah, that's an interesting point because Ben Johnson, if he goes over to Washington, I mean, you have to imagine that he's going to want the offense to be exactly. his design. Exactly. Yeah. He's going to want it to be his offense. Yep. And, of course, he's calling plays in Detroit this year, but is he going to have his offensive design and then have the enemy call the plays? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, it's really it's really an interesting uh, situation that could potentially unfold there in Washington. Or, or, you know, they could just go a completely different direction and avoid yeah. all that. But <laughs> if I am Washington, I, w I would probably lean in the direction of a uh, an offensive-minded head coach like Ben Johnson. But Seattle, I mean, honestly, Ben Johnson in Seattle w would really appease me because I, yeah. I, I would like them to go in the in the offensive direction. If that was to happen, I do feel like he would probably want his own QB, though. I don't know if he yeah. would want a Geno to kind of just go through the motions because Geno really wasn't that great this mm -hmm. past season. I feel like he would want a kind of a fresh start. Yeah, let's go in the draft. Obviously, you're not going to get one of the high QBs. You'd have to go a little bit later back. But yeah, I, I could kind of see him in Seattle a little bit, too, though. But, I mean... If you're Ben Johnson, I, I would have to imagine that Washington is the more uh, appealing yeah. because they they just got new ownership. Josh Harris, Magic Johnson. Oh, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. that's another thing to think about. Yeah, Washington is heading in the right direction. They have some nice pieces defensively and offensively. Really, all they need is a quarterback and a coach, and yeah. they're going to check both those boxes off the checklist this offseason. And so, really, it, it, it's interesting. A Aiden Ray, where would you like to see – 
direction-wise Seattle and Washington go for their head coach vacancy? So, yeah, I feel like Ben Johnson should definitely go to either one of those teams, of course. I feel like he would probably go to, like, Washington, as mentioned. And then, like, Seattle's definitely, like, a tough situation because they're – there's obviously Mike Vrabel's open. And then, of course, you mentioned Bobby Slowick's open, Houston Texans offensive coordinator. And, of course, there's some other names out there. Dan Quinn's an example. But, like, um, I don't that – is a, that is a rough, like, thinking. Because I feel – because, like, a guy like Mike Vrabel deserves a head coaching job. Because I don't know why the Titans decided to move on from him. Because he was not the problem. Because, like – I'm, I'm. I honestly feel like he'll probably. He'll probably. I feel like he'll go. He'll go there. Yeah, I, I agree. I can see that, yeah. yeah. Mike Vrabel. Yeah, Mike Vrabel to Seattle. Uh, yeah, honestly, I I could see that. And I, if the Eagles were to part ways with Nick Sirianni, Mike Vrabel was the main candidate that I wanted them to go after because. I I just believe that he that physicality that toughness mentality he just completely embodies the city of Philadelphia. And it's kind of similar to a Pete Carroll over there in Seattle. You know, Pete Carroll always chomping at the bit, you know, always getting his guy, always getting his guys motivated, always has high energy. You know, I, I feel like staying kind of in that same direction would would, would fare well for Seattle. I, I really like Mike Vrabel in Seattle that, that you mentioned it, Aiden Ray. But uh, let's switch gears here to Bill Belichick for a second, because we mentioned it in the beginning that Belichick to Atlanta seemed like a foregone conclusion at the beginning of this head coaching cycle. Atlanta went elsewhere, and so now Belichick doesn't really have any clear suitors. And so most likely not going to be a coach in the NFL for this upcoming season. You know, does he take a year off, kind of go in the in the TV direction, and then get a head coaching job next cycle? I, I mean, Aiden Butler, it's very hard to fathom and believe that Bill Belichick is completely out as a head coach in the NFL. It is, and like if we would have said that a week ago, oh, we would have been taken off the air. Uh, they would have never allowed us. But it's really looking like he's not going to end up being a head coach, which I'm not too shocked about, especially after Atlanta ended up going with Morris because Seattle and Commanders had already said, Bill, oh, no, 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 he's not. we're not yeah. dealing with him. They had already said that. So really the only spot after that was Seattle, but – I will say it was a little bit I, – I was thinking about it yesterday too. I was like, you know, even next year, there's definitely – there's already some coaches that are coming back this year that are already on the hot seat for next year. For yep. example, Dennis, Alice, Dennis Allen down there with the Saints. Mm-hmm. He's already on the hot seat for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Uberfloss with the Bears. He If he doesn't have a good season, he's most likely going as well. So there's other spots that will end up opening up next year that if Vrabel and Belichick don't end up, end up getting a spot, definitely Vrabel. But wouldn't be surprised if both of them end up in the cycle again next year if they don't get picked up this year, though. Yeah, because Bill Belichick is well within striking distance of the the record for most wins by a head coach in NFL history, currently held by Don Shula. I mean, Bill Belichick, all he really needs is a couple more seasons, and, and then he'll have that record. And so you, he definitely wants to to keep coaching. I mean, that, that's been made clear by him taking all these interviews in this head coaching cycle, but... Really, it'll it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of years what ends up happening with Bill Belichick because, I, I mean, there was a report that came with the Falcons that Arthur Blank wanted to hire Bill Belichick, the Falcons owner, 
But mm. the front office, like They're general like, managers, uh, all them, they weren't too happy with the idea because obviously Belichick had full control over all the general manager duties when he was with New England. He was yeah. the head coach and general manager. And I, I think the Falcons uh, front office were a little intimidated by a guy like that coming in to the building. And so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if a team kind of kind of takes the bait with Belichick and winds up giving him another shot to be a head coach in the NFL. But let's stick with the NFL theme, but shift our focus to this Sunday's games. Yes, gentlemen, it is championship weekend. It's a wonderful weekend. One of the best of the year, I'd say. But we have two very good matchups. First, this is just an all-time matchup coming up first here. Chiefs-Ravens, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it. Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, the likely MVP this year for the regular season. The Ravens are at home. The first time Patrick Mahomes has had to play an AFC championship game on the road. And, okay, just a quick note here. Patrick Mahomes appreciation. I've never been the the biggest Mahomes like fan, but, I mean, what he's doing is just absolute greatness. Yeah. It's six straight AFC championships. Are we serious? Like that that is stuff that Brady never did. Okay? So it, it just what he's doing him and Andy Reid hats off to them because th- this is a run that is very rare not just in the NFL but in sports. And this is the year that I mean the Chiefs they weren't supposed to do it. They it's the worst roster they've had in the Mahomes era. Had to go on the road for the first time in the playoffs to face Buffalo. And so I mean the Chiefs are a train that's it's going to be hard to stop if you're Baltimore, but I, I mean, personally, I think Baltimore is just going to be too much to handle for Kansas City. I think their defense is the best in the league. Lamar Jackson's doing his thing. I, I mean, really, the Ravens are just firing on all cylinders. I have the Ravens winning this weekend. What do you think, Aiden Ray? Yeah, same here. I got I said like 31-27 on third and long this week um, for the Ravens, but like to be honest, this is really this is going to be a really exciting game. Of course, we had Mahomes versus Allen last week, and now we get Mahomes versus Lamar this week. And of course, those two QB matchups, exciting, very exciting. And of course, last time these two teams met, the score was thirty-six to thirty-five Ravens, and these two QBs just put on a show every time they play each other. So it's going to be a really fun game to watch. I'm. And, yeah, I'm picking the Ravens, and I, I, of course, want the Ravens to win this game. So, um, yeah, hopefully they get it done. And, yeah, um, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and when you look at this matchup on paper, it's really just one that you look at and you say, okay, we we could potentially be looking at this game 10 years from now, looking back and saying, wow, just two all-time quarterbacks just going head-to-head. Yeah, like – like for example, now we look at like like Patriots, Colts, or Patriots, Broncos, Brady versus Manning. Yeah, and we value that so much. We're gonna probably do the same thing with like Mahomes and Lamar. Yeah, I mean Mahomes and Lamar, in my opinion, the clear top two quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So it it it, it could be a special one, and hopefully it is a special one. Aiden Butler, what do you think about that matchup? To start off on your point of the Colts and Patriots of the old and all that, like how many times have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes already played against each yeah, other? In the yeah, play? like a, at least three, I think at this point. They've three, played. three, and then regular season, like like four. Oh, four and a oh, well, see, the like, fun, yeah, ridiculous. The funny thing is, Josh <laughs> Allen seven total. 
Yeah, Josh Allen has actually found a lot of success versus Mahomes in the regular season, but of yeah. course, obviously, yeah. the big story, 0-3 versus Mahomes in the playoffs. Mahomes was crying, was being a crybaby during that regular season game, but then he got oh, it done yeah. during that point. No, that, that, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, I, that was bad. I, I mean, what, okay, so you, walk, you shake Josh Allen's hand after the game, mm-hmm. the guy whose heart that you've broken countless times before. Yeah. And he finally gets over that hump. And the first thing and only thing you have to say is how you got cheated out of the game. I mean, it was just, it was a bad look for me. Kadarius Tony was offside, anyways. (laughs) Yeah, he's acting like he wasn't even offsides. He clearly was. But, okay. We don't need to turn this into a Patrick Mahomes rant. No. But, Butler, thoughts on this weekend's matchup with the Ravens Chiefs? I will say, in, in watching sports, I have learned to. I would say I've learned to confirm to not bet against three people. One of those people being against Tom Brady. <laughs> I will never bet against Tom Brady. One of those other people, a game seven LeBron James. Yep. I will never bet against him. We're becoming to the point where it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> like it's really hard to. As much like as I want the Ravens to win, as for Lamar to finally be able to play a Super Bowl, I can't count out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm taking the Chiefs in Baltimore. Wow. Uh, we're going to get Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. It's going to happen. Oh, no. Oh. It's going to happen. I I just can't no. not trust uh, Patrick Mahomes with the game on the line. I just can't not trust him. No, the, yeah. Too many times has he shown me, yeah, he's that guy when he's able to do it. If he's able to get the ball back in his hands and they need a drive during this game, he's going to do it. Uh, but – Baltimore's defense is crazy, though. Uh, yes, they are. The Chiefs aren't going to be able to run the ball, uh, so Patrick Mahomes is going to have to let that thing fly at least 35 times in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Their linebackers, Rokon Smith, um, Patrick Queen, uh, they're amazing. Uh, even their secondary when it comes down to it. So it'll be tough for the Chiefs, but I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I'm still going to take the Chiefs in this one, though. Well, I, w- I was saying, like, um, yeah, um, Honestly, that is a pretty true statement because, like, there's just a, just like you mentioned, a few guys you cannot just like bet against. But of course, yeah, like, of course, the Ravens have a phenomenal defense. But of course, the Chiefs' run game with Pacheco has been pretty well, late, pretty well lately. And yeah, it's um, Mahomes is just gonna like just throw it out. But of course, if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, the media is just gonna. Oh my God! They're gonna yeah. glaze, yeah, it's gonna be and I mean glaze. Thing. Taylor Swift, like there's no tomorrow. They may have they they might actually if the Chiefs do win, I wouldn't be surprised if Sportsbook have a prop for how many times Taylor Swift is shown during the Super Bowl. <laughs> there should be, be there should be a stat for that for the whole season, it like because is no too. other celebrity or like like singer, rapper, or anybody will be shown that many times yeah. during a game. Yeah. Yeah, Aiden Butler, that's a really good point about the not being able to bet against Mahomes thing because, the, look, let's let's be real. I've thought about this countless times throughout mm-hmm. this week, right? The Ravens, they, they should have no reason why they should lose this game. Yeah, yep. But there is a reason, <laughs> and, and it's Patrick Mahomes. And, <laughs> I mean, even last week, I mean, how many people really picked the Chiefs to win that game last week? I, I saw a lot more people go in the Buffalo route of winning that game yeah. last week, and Mahomes got it done. I mean, it's it's truly unbelievable. I, I mean, what were you saying? I think uh, I'm 
I think there is a little bit of weather expected in this game, too. Okay. They are saying it's supposed to rain a bit. I just want to double-check that. Cause... And another thing that's just absolutely unbelievable to me is that all these players keep giving Patrick Mahomes bulletin board material. Of course, we had the the, will rain. the safety on the Buffalo Bills before their game. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he, <laughs> yeah. He was talking a little bit to the media. And now this week, Roquan, Roquan Smith, linebacker on the Ravens, says, yeah, he, he's a good quarterback, but uh, we got a pretty good defense, too. And so, uh, yeah. Don't give him that motivation, yeah. man. <laughs> you know Mahomes is hearing it, too. And, yep. and he, he's taking it to heart. But, uh, let, well, listen. It will be raining a little. Uh, 82% uh, rain. Oh, so it is going day. to so rain. Now, that I will say that probably does give the Ravens a Suits little bit. Suits the Ravens a little bit more, yeah. yeah. If they want to run that thing. Absolutely. But even in the weather. Can't bet against them, man. I mean, the Chiefs did play a negative thirty degree wind <laughs> exactly. chill against yeah. the Dolphins, so weather doesn't play like a massive effect. It's like it's like three years ago when the Buccaneers played the Packers at Lambeau. Tom Brady was mm. used to the cold weather, so he was yeah. able to win it in Green Bay. Yeah, exactly. I don't think weather is going to be too much of a factor for these two teams, but I look at the matchup. The Ravens, they like I mentioned earlier. I mean, their offense is just humming on all cylinders right now. Lamar Jackson throwing it, running it. He he's doing his thing, the MVP of the league, and the if there is a defense that is going to stop Patrick Mahomes, it, I think it's going to be this Ravens defense. I mean, Mahomes isn't completely immortal. We've seen him get beat up a couple times in the playoffs. Mm. Specifically, thinking about that 2020 Super Bowl versus yeah, the Bucks. That was tough. Yeah, and I'm if you put Mahomes in in a situation where he he could be. You know, kind of inferior. I, I, he's not completely immortal, and I think the Ravens are going to put him in that position this weekend. I have the Ravens winning this game thirty to twenty-four. I, I think the Ravens. Mm. I think they're going to have control of the game throughout, and I think the game is going to be close, just for the sole reason of Patrick Mahomes. He's going to keep them in that thing, and it's going to be close throughout. But I, I think ultimately the Ravens are just going to be too much to handle. For Kansas City, I have the Ravens winning thirty to twenty-four. So that would put the Ravens in the Super Bowl for me and Aiden Ray, Aiden Butler. You have the Chiefs winning, but don't get me wrong; I would not be surprised if the Chiefs win this game. Yeah, true. And then we have another very good matchup in the NFC Championship game at six thirty. Lions heading to San Francisco to face the Forty ers Now, look, obviously the Forty ers they're they're supposed to win this game if if the game is played on paper. But, hey, those Lions are scrappy. Those Lions are scrappy. They are tough. I mean, honestly, I, I could see a world where the where the Lions win this game. People are. I, I've seen a lot of people say that it's going to be a blowout. I do not think that is going uh, to be yeah, the case whatsoever. Dan Campbell is going to have his guys ready to go. And the Lions are going to be in that in the game. And they, they might even find a way to squeak out a win. Aiden Ray, what are your thoughts about that matchup? Yeah, this matchup's re- I I really like this matchup a lot because, like, of course, Detroit, who has not made it to the NFC Championship game since nineteen the nineteen ninety one season. A great story. They have more playoff wins in this run than they had from nineteen fifty eight until twenty twenty two, which is insane to think about because this team was able to just show um some success this season, which they have not had for a long, long, long time which they should be proud of this team no matter what happens this season. But also the 49ers, they, th- for the 49ers, they need to get over like 
this like NFC Championship hump because they've been in like four of the last five. They won one of them, which was against Green Bay in the 2019 season. So they are desperately looking for a Super Bowl because they haven't. The last time they won the Super Bowl was the year before the last Cowboys Super Bowl. So they are their fans would love a Super Bowl, but this is gonna be. I feel like this will be like closer than expected, but like not as close as like the Chiefs Ravens game. And I feel like the score will be 49ers will win 30 to 17. But obviously, I would want Detroit to win. Yeah, and and I I was that guy that said after the Detroit Rams game that Detroit just won their Super Bowl, and so that is the reason why I picked the Bucks to win that game last mm. week. Obviously, it didn't happen. Okay, the game was actually very good, a lot, a lot of offensive fireworks in that one. But the Lions they just found a way to pull it out, and I mean I I just really like what what the Lions have going for them right now. I think I think you guys can kind of sense where this uh, conversation is heading for me, but Aiden Butler, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on the situation first. For me, as much as I would love to see the Lions win, I am currently repping a Aiden Hutchinson shirt, but it was gifted to me. Uh, but uh, as much as I would love to see him win uh, in Santa Clara against that defense, um, in the well, elements really won't even be a factor because it's actually supposed to be beautiful yeah. <laughs> during yeah. that game, but. As much as I would love to see the Lions win, uh, the 49ers roster is just uh, too good. Now, yeah. I will say, Jared Goff may be able to throw downfield on the 49ers. Their uh, corners haven't been too great recently uh, in coverage down the field. But I will. I think the 49ers started out as, like, seven-point favorites. I will say that was a bit absurd. All right, guys. It's, yeah. the, it's the NFC Championship. Right, thing, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 49ers just barely beat the Packers. And, like... That, I will say, I think that was a bit disrespectful, but I still think I'm going to end up taking the 49ers in here. This is one, though, that the 49ers could win by 10 or the 49ers could win by 3. It's kind of a hard... Yeah. Uh, I Definitely. think I'll end up with a... I think I'm going to go 34-31, though. 34-31 Niners. Yeah. yeah oh, high scoring. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, I think golf's going to be able to get it downfield on their corners. And uh, the line secondary... Mm, that's not much to harp about either. All so right, Bef- before I pitch my idea to you guys, oh, <laughs> let, let, let me let me ask you a question. It's simple. If the Lions faced up against the Packers right now, who would win that game? Oh, that is really t- oh. that is tough because the first matchup they played this season, the Lions won thirty-four to twenty, and then on Thanksgiving, the Packers yeah. were able to surprise us, and they were supposed they won twenty-nine twenty-two. Before they went on their little run to go to go be the seventh seed, so honestly, oh, that oh, that is that is re- that is gonna be a really close game if that was the case. But I feel like the Lions barely sneak it out. But but it will it will be it would be a phenomenal game, and of course Jordan Love would would dominate the pack. The Packers' offense is like they have one of the youngest teams in the league, and then the Lions are also an exciting team. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Sam Laporta. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, Jared Goff, like that would be a really good matchup, and of course, an N- NFC North like NFC Championship would have been would have been really good, but yeah, we get Lions Niners though, so we'll we will see what happens from there, and we gotta we cannot go back, we have to move forward. So the reason I asked that question is because I believe the the Lions would win that game. All due respect to the Packers, they had a phenomenal season exceeded everybody's expectations by winning that playoff game and going toe-to-toe with the Niners. 
But I believe the Lions would wound up pulling that one out. And the, the well, I think I might see what you're cooking up here a little bit. I, I'm All starting right. to cook a little bit. <laughs> the the 49ers last weekend barely squeaked by Green Bay. I mean barely. And what what was one of the main reasons for that? Brock Purdy making some boneheaded mistakes okay. at quarterback. All right. And if there's one thing that the Lions are going to do, it's capitalize on mistakes that the other team gives them. If the Lions have if if the 49ers make a mistake, you bet that the Lions are going to take advantage of that. I think Brock Purdy is going to make a couple mistakes this weekend. And I think the Lions are going to use it to their advantage and win this football game. That would be amazing. Definitely would. <laughs> and I think I think uh, another factor in this is Debo Samuel. His health is in serious oh, yeah. question. I haven't heard too much about him actually. I'm he was sure. uh, yesterday. He was a limited participant in practice, and so he he's probably trending in the direction of playing. Uh, at the like, beginning yeah. of the week, they said he was 50-50, but in the playoffs, that kind of gets more shifted to 60-40. Yeah, I guess they don't release that till tomorrow either. So yeah. They won't even know. Yeah. And um, so even assuming Debo Samuel plays, he's not going to be at his full health. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. And, I, I mean, the 49ers roster is incredible, but uh, the Lions, like I said, they are going to be in this game no matter what. It's going to be a close one. And at the end of the day, I trust the Lions to make less mistakes than the 49ers simply because of Brock Purdy. Now, I'm not a guy that's going to sit here and say, oh, Brock Purdy stinks. I'm not a part of that crowd. I think Brock Purdy is a solid quarterback, but the guy makes mistakes. Yeah, Yeah, Brock Purdy gets a lot of hate for, like, not many valid reasons. And he's just – he's not like a a quarterback that has, like, straight-up ego or any stuff like that. He's a humble guy. Like, I don't know why he gets all this, like – Strap hit. I get it's all like the check downs, but like, come on, he's, he's, he, he was put in that situation. What what do you expect Purdy to do mm-hmm. with that offense? What do you expect him? What do you expect? He's playing and winning. So I mean, yeah, like, there's not too much you can sit there and complain yeah. about. I it's mean, kind of ridiculous at this point. I, I saw I saw a quote. Uh, just earlier, actually, is winning is the best deodorant, and so <laughs> it's uh, it's very true. And Brock Purdy. Has made it a ha- has made winning a habit since he's been the 49ers starting quarterback. All credit to him, but and and you even heard Kyle Shanahan talking about it throughout this week. Brock Purdy made a couple mistakes in that game that could have been crucial to us. That first that first second and third quarter for Brock Purdy, it, it wasn't great. But yeah, I will say when that fourth quarter came around, it's like a flip switched and he was on it immediately. Though. Yeah, and he played great in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and credit to him for that for for really rising the level of his game when the stakes were at its highest but i mean Dar- darnell savage we saw him take yeah. one we saw a pick six out of him against dallas he almost had another house call in san francisco dropped that interception okay so that was one play that could have severely shifted the outcome of that game last weekend i was li- no oh, oh my god i was laughing hysterically when he had that pick six and it made a 27 nothing like oh yeah la- that, that was awesome. it was hysterically like i was oh i was like I was like almost crying off of that. It was 
so funny. But yeah, at one thing, we have two Eagles fans here, me and Aiden Butler, Aiden Ray, you're a Giants fan, of course. Yep, yes, sir. One thing we can all agree on, that that Dallas loss was just awesome. Oh yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Was, that was just absolutely poetic. What made it even better is I was at my uncle's house and he is a lifelong Cowboys fan. Oh. You know, oh. we, we have our little our little friendly competition with that. So it, it it was nice to rub that in his face a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, at at the end of the day, the 49ers, I, I, I think Brock Purdy is going to make a, a critical mistake or two in this game, and I trust the Lions to, to take advantage of that. I have the Lions winning this game 27-24. to 24. And so that's my prediction. My Super Bowl, Ravens-Lions, Aiden Ray's Super Bowl, Ravens-Niners, and Aiden Butler's Super Bowl, Chiefs-Niners, which uh, as an Eagles fan, that, that would be the most nightmare situation yeah, of a Super Bowl. I really don't but, want that to happen, <laughs> yeah. but... Maybe, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't mind the Niners, but I just don't want the Chiefs. No, no, I no. Wow, we, we despise the Niners. Oh yeah, over here. no. <laughs> the, the Niners, the, yeah. They, they I mean, I, they've done nothing to me, so I have nothing <laughs> to say. But uh, much like the Chiefs Ravens game, though, obviously would not be surprised one bit if the 49ers win this game. Would not be surprised one bit if the 49ers are just a little bit too much to handle against the Lions and they wind up winning comfortably. But at the end of the day, I expect the Lions to keep this one close. And at the end of the day, I'm not sure if Brock Purdy is going to be able to play a flawless game against that feisty Dan Campbell defense. And really, I mean, the Niners, they they could wind up just absolutely pounding the rock against the Lions defense. Christian McCaffrey could have a huge day. Really could go either way. But my prediction, Ravens 30, Chiefs 24, Lions 27, Niners 24. And with that, we are going to take a quick step off here on Offsides. When we come back, it is Fun Friday, baby. We are bringing you a top five list topic to be announced. We'll be right back on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, Channel 2. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Tune in to Rowan Radio for a community affair with me, WGLS-FM Assistant News Director Riley Adams. Each week, I'll discuss with local and national newsmakers topics that affect you and our community. Get a closer look at these important issues from the people who know them best. That's a community affair the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. Rowan Radio, 89.7, WGLS-FM, Channel 2. You're listening to Offsides. I'm your host, Nick Rizzo, alongside Aiden Ray and Aiden Butler. And you know what time it is. It is Fun Friday. For all you Offsides listeners, you can expect this every Friday. It's called Fun Friday. Of course, you have our traditional top five. But we're going to put a little bit of a twist on it. 
Fun Friday. We're going to be doing all sorts of different topics. Today, we have our favorite months of the year. Now, we were talking about this before the show, boys. This was a very hard list to to construct here. Uh, to be quite frank, you know, all the months throughout the year have their pros and cons. They're all strong, but there are some that stand out from the pack. Aiden Ray, I'm going to start with you here. What are your top five favorite months of the year? Yeah, my top five favorite months of the year. So let's start off. Number five, I'm going to say December because Christmas and, like, during that time it's, like, the college football, like, bowl season and NFL is, like, down the wire, of course, like that. Number four, I'm going to say I'm gonna say April because it starts to get warm out. And, of course, like, the spring, like spring semester usually comes to an end around this time. And, of course, like, baseball season starts around that point. Number three, I'm going to say – October because it's a phenomenal time as a sports fan just like you're in the, you're in the middle of the season of college football and NFL NBA and NHL start MLBs in the postseason like that is a peak month of sports as a whole number two July I love summer um I'd rather it be warm out than cold out to be fair um even though I'd rather not be that too hot but still um July is just a good month and it's just like very chill and Summer's just a good time of year. And then number one, I'm going to say May because, about like the of course, the semester ends during that point. And, of course, it starts to get really warm out. And then, of course, my birthday's at the end of that month. So I, lo- I really love May. That's – so, yeah, my top five months. Yeah. Beautiful, Aiden Ray. Really, really like that. Honestly, we, we have uh, a lot of differences in our list, but I, I respect your list. I think it's very solid. So now we'll go to Aiden Butler. Your top five favorite months of the year. Number five for me, coming out at the, uh, I guess it's the bottom. Uh, I'm gonna get October in there. Uh, you okay. know that type of weather. You know that's not, yeah, it's not coat weather. It's a little bit more than hoodie weather. You can get some nice fits together during that month together right there. Uh, number four, we're gonna go down to June. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is in June, but <laughs> for June. Especially since when I was like in grade school and all, then you just wait till like June 18th, 19th when school's gonna get let out, and then school's you're out for, for summer, all. baby. But June for me is also just a enjoyable month for me at that four spot. Now this is where we'll start to get a little different here. Number three is gonna be May for me. Uh, May is a great month, uh, but I also do feel like you know I'm I'm not the biggest fan of uh, insects. And this is the time of the year when they start <laughs> to come back around a little yeah. bit. <laughs> you, do have, you do have a point. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of them, so I put May at that three spot. And then this this might be interesting. Two will be November. Uh, November for me is a pretty big month, uh, of course, around Thanksgiving, uh, big family gatherings, things like that. Uh, I would say some of the best football is also played in uh, November as well. You yes. have the Thanksgiving Day games, things like that. Um, but yeah, November there at that three spot and then going to two, two is going to be August. Uh, for me, my birthday's in August, but mm-hmm. even then it's not really, uh, my birthday's not the biggest, biggest thing for me. Right. Um, but August for me, I, I feel like once my birthday does hit after that, it's kind of a reset. All right, get ready for the year a little bit, even though technically I'll be graduating this year. We won't have to really think about that anymore, <laughs> but yeah. Number one uh, for me definitely will be July. Um, I haven't been to the beach in a while, but 
I really love the beach. <laughs> and July is a prime month, prime month to go right there. Yep. Uh, use Fourth of July. Oh, amazing. Forget oh. about it. <laughs> amazing oh, holiday. It's just the month of July as a whole. Of course, depends on where you are <laughs> weather-wise. You don't want it to be too, too hot the whole entire month. But if you get me like a good 80 to 90 degrees in that month of July right there, put me on the beach, oh, I'm set right there. But July is going to be my number one spot there, yep, for yep. Uh, all the months. Solid. Okay, so coming in at my number five spot, we, we have a month that hasn't been mentioned yet. Oh. It's okay. January. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, th- this is – January is on my list just for the sole reason – the motivation you have in January is just off the charts. Uh, That's true. I truly believe that I get my most productive version of myself in January because, you know, New Year's resolutions, you want to start the new year off right. And, yeah, so January in my number five. Number four, I have November. Mm. Okay, November, very solid month. The weather in November is peak. Yeah. It is peak. I mean, yes. you, you could, there's days where you could get away with wearing a short sleeve shirt. There's days you need to wear a hoodie. There's days you need to bundle up. I mean, the versatility is just off the charts in November, and the weather starts to change. You know, you have the leaves falling off the trees. It's very colorful outside. Really love November. Very strong month. Number three, I have October. Mm. Sticking with the fall here. And really, this is just for the sole reason of the sports equinox. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. The, you have the NBA and the <laughs> NHL starting up. NFL getting in the mid-season form. MLB postseason. I mean, really just peak. And it, there's nothing better than watching the Phillies play a playoff game, watching the Eagles have a game on Sunday, and having the Sixers and Flyers having a game all during that same time period. So the sports equinox, October, gets in there at number three. Number two, I have August. Okay, August, just like Aiden Butler, is my birthday month. Uh, so What day for you? 19th. That's crazy. I'm the 18th. No way. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Uh, we, we'll, a shell-shocking discovery here on Friday offsides. Me and Aiden Butler's birthday one day apart. Wow. Uh, I'm 03, though. I assume you're 02. 02 yeah. yeah. I'm uh, 04. 04? Oh, Dang, wow. young blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I almost put August in the number one spot just for the sole reason that my birthday is in August. But like you said, Aiden Butler, I like my birthday doesn't really like move the needle too much for yeah. me. Like, like it's a nice celebration, but it really it, it I, I don't think it pushes it into that number one spot. And, you know, August is also the dog days of summer. You know, August, you kind of start thinking, oh, OK, I got to go back to school soon. Yeah. Got to start getting my mind right. So August in the number two spot nearly sneaked into number one. But August, really strong month there in number two. Number one. I mean, I, I think this is the clear number one July. I mean, yeah. It, it's the middle of the summer, peak time of the year. You have the 4th of July, which, in my opinion, is the best holiday that there is besides Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I'm a big Thanksgiving guy, but the 4th of July is right in there as well. And really, it's it, you can do no wrong in July. I mean, you could go to the beach celebrating the 4th of July. It's the middle of the summer. You know, if you have a convertible, you can drop the top a little bit. I mean, really, it's 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 Movie, just movies in the summer too. Yeah, also July. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really, just a, a great month there. And also July, you know, baseball midseason, and you all star game, all star game, and you start thinking about your fantasy football team that you're going to draft the next month. So, July, love that month. My favorite month of the year, and there it is. Our top five favorite months of the year. 
And on that note, that'll do it for today's edition of Offsides. My first ever show as a host of Offsides. Thank you, boys, very much for joining me on the occasion. Anytime. anytime. Of course. And so I will be your host on Fridays for Offsides for the rest of the semester. So thank you all very much for tuning in and listening. I am Nick Rizzo. Have a great rest of your night, and we will talk to you next Friday. Have fun watching football and basketball this weekend. And, yeah, so any final thoughts, boys? No, I, had, I thought we had a great show here on today. Uh, got some opinions off, I will say. I really hope the Chiefs don't win, though. But ah, yeah, I really would like to see the Lions win, too, man. Yep. But would really love to see those two teams in the Super Bowl, uh, Ravens and Lions, though. Yeah, same here. And also, Rizzo, first show, did a great job with it. And, of course, spring on the weekend, exciting weekend of sports. And hoping um, we have a good one. Yep. All right. Thanks, boys. That'll do it for us. Nick Rizzo alongside Aiden Ray and Aiden Butler. This was Offsides on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM Channel 2. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.